Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. They'll answer your calls 24-7, 365. Starting to get dark out here earlier, hitting the holiday season. Holiday season's also interchangeable with the drinking season. Sports running wild. Be careful out there. If you find yourself needing legal representation, don't say guilty. Say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. They also handle criminal cases. They also handle personal injuries. If you need a lawyer, Marcos Garza and his team, they got your back. They got your six. It's Veterans Day. Shout out to Marcos. We appreciate him for his support. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Thursday, November 18th. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. How you doing? Doing all right. Sorry to everyone that uh, it's a day late, but... You know, so sue me. Dealing with a sick pup over here. Apparently, dogs can get pneumonia, Frank. Uh, Seth, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Poor Frank. Yep, had pneumonia. Was in bad shape. Apparently, uh, he hurt his back on Saturday as I was out of town. My mother took him to the vet in Athens. They gave him a steroid shot. And then I guess he had a bad reaction to that and threw up like a day and a half later. Apparently swallowed some of the throw up, which then led to pneumonia. So then on Monday, he couldn't breathe Monday night. So I had to go to the emergency vet at like 1130. They hit me for like $700 and now I've been nursing a sick pup. But it does seem like he is on the mints, I think. Good. But I've also had to sleep on the couch with him three nights in a row to keep him from jumping off a high bed. And now I'm starting to get a bad back. And I can barely breathe, ironically enough. But I'm never getting another dog, and I'm never having kids. Every day is a gift. Amen to that, brother. Every day is a gift. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Just enjoying life. Anything to report? Georgia defense is pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if we needed to report on that. I don't know if we need to go to the breaking news. Kennedy Chandler's pretty good. That's not really been a surprise either. I will say I felt a little foolish, a little weird, for lack of a better term, for, you know, saying, for watching his high school games last year and saying that, you know, I already felt like he had the NBA point guard feel and like he just knew how to play point guard already. You know, how to set up passes, how to set up teammates. But it's translated through two games. Like, he knows what he's doing out there. He knows how to be in the right spots. He's smooth. The shooting has improved even more, but he is a big-time point guard, and it's nice to finally have one. Yeah, he's a very good scorer. He's a uh, he's shot the ball great. The first game, whatever the, whoever that poor team he played was, I can't even remember at this point. UT Martin. They understood what happens when you walk into Thompson Bowling Arena. But... I watched about 10 minutes of real time of that game. It was just I found it dreadfully boring. The game Sunday against uh, ETSU, when I got home from church, I hadn't planned on watching it because I I had planned on turning it on but not really paying attention because I thought I was going to be bored by it too. But ETSU is not that bad. We were only like 16-point favorites or something. But I watched a lot of it because we were just fun to watch. 
I found myself impressed in that regard. Like, even though we were drilling ETSU and ended up winning by, like, what, 40 points or whatever, like, I was still entertained, which I hate the beginning of basketball season because of the teams that we play. Like, the first couple games are against just such, you know, slaw that it's boring. Um, but I found that game very entertaining because we looked, we looked, we were really fun to watch. And there's also some, so also some new excitement with this team. A lot of newcomers that we didn't necessarily have the last couple of years. I mean, I know with Chandler, it's you know you could say that there was also hype for Keon and Springer, but that was really the only two additions to last year's team, right? Like there wasn't really anybody else that mattered. Yeah. This year it feels like you know you've replacing a couple of different guys like there's a couple of big time prospects that you haven't seen before but also you know uh, you're seeing guys step into new roles with pawns being gone and I don't know maybe there's a little bit more excitement there but also like the offense has just been different than it has been the last couple of years obviously with the, how many three-pointers we shoot yes yeah yeah I mean credit to Rick Barnes it took him a long time but it seems like he might have figured it out Yeah, I mean, shot 23 threes against ETSU. Shot, I don't know how many against Martin. We shot 40 against Martin. Um, we're shooting pretty good from three. We were pretty fun to watch. Obviously, Saturday is a big challenge. I didn't watch Villanova play UCLA. I did watch the second half in overtime. I don't have much to report because it was like really late on Saturday night and I was, or I guess Friday night and I was drinking, but I did watch and I thought Villanova blew that game. They were up like eight with, they were up 10 with like eight minutes left and found a way to lose it. They couldn't really get any stops. Then they somewhat struggled against Howard and HBCU and, you know, Owen was up, I think nine at halftime and won by, I think like 18. But Howard scored like 81 on him, I'm pretty sure. I think it was 100 to 81. So I do think Tennessee is going to be able to score a bunch of points in this game. I, the, the thing about this team so far, Seth, about you know Tennessee, I don't know what our defense is going to look like. I don't have a lot of confidence in it so far. Villanova had 63 points with 8 minutes and 14 seconds left. They ended regulation with 67 points. Well, yeah, like I said, they went up 10. I, I would imagine that was about the time they went up 10, and – UCLA hit a three immediately to cut to seven, and then they just kind of kept clawing back two points at a time, and it wasn't pretty. So, like, yeah, their offense, yeah, okay, so I, I didn't realize it was that bad, but, yeah, their offense just went completely in the tank against UCLA. Now, granted, that's Mick Cronin. Like, I, I don't know if UCLA is going to grade out great defensively, but we know him at Cincinnati. Like, that's – He's going to grind those games down. Right, that's the type of games he likes to play, <laughs> so. Yeah. They play Gonzaga in uh in five days. I'd imagine Gonzaga's going to beat the absolute hell out of them. Yeah. I, I don't know if UCLA is legitimately like as good as everyone's saying they're they are. Like I know Juzang got hot and Juzang was really good in the tournament, but it feels like we are strictly responding to like their tournament run. And all of a sudden, now they're a top five team. I, I just don't necessarily get that. So I don't know how to judge Villanova because I don't know how good UCLA is. Yeah, a lot, a lot of it, a lot of respect is being paid to this Peyton, Peyton Watson guy, and he's only playing. He's not even playing fifteen minutes a game so far, and he's not even averaging. He's averaging three point three points. So, I don't know. Maybe they will be really good. Yeah, I, I don't have any idea what to expect. I expect Tennessee to get one win this weekend because I think that if they lose, they'll play North Carolina, and I think that they will beat North Carolina. So, you know. I think one win this weekend is good because it's one neutral site win against the top 25 opponent. And it's still November, so that's really good. So you're calling one and one this weekend? At work, I think Tennessee will beat North Carolina if they... I mean, I don't know that Tennessee can beat Purdue right now. So you think Purdue's better than Villanova? Yeah, I do. That might be a bad take, but yeah, I do. I mean, I don't know if it's a bad take or not. Where, where's Purdue ranked at right now? They're top 10? or they're, Yeah, they're like 7th. Okay. Then I don't think that's a bad take because I don't think Villanova's very good right now. Um, Like, a lot of this, like, I, now my, 
my college basketball prep was I read like ESPN and like another college basketball site's predictions, and a lot of those people thought Purdue sixth in the AP and Villanova's five. Um, a lot of their pr- things about Villanova, like you know, hey, they're by far the best team in the Big East, blah 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 blah, but we don't see them as a legitimate Final Four contender. All those same people were saying we see Purdue as a legitimate Final Four contender. But, like, nearly all of them also all picked UCLA to go to the Final Four, which, like you said, is based on, you know, what what is that exactly? I mean, it, not, it, it might not be. I don't want to act like I'm a UCLA expert. I just know they came from the bubble last year. And, yeah. quite frankly, I don't know how much you remember about the play-in game, but they should have lost to Michigan State. Yeah, they're not big Michigan State. Like, Michigan State was up five with a minute left. Like, they probably should have won that game. And I just find it hard to believe that UCLA is a top-five team if they lose to Michigan State. Now, I do love Jamie Yaquez Jr. for UCLA. The handsome Hispanic. The handsome Hispanic. He seems to be a baller. He's he's pretty good. He was very fun to watch last year. He was much more fun to watch than Juzang was, and then Juzang just kind of went off in the NCAA tournament. But Yaquez, the handsome Hispanic, I do love watching him. He's very, very fun. I mean, they, they've got some, they've got some fun players. But yeah, I mean, who knows how good they are? Uh, who knows how good Villanova is? Who knows how good UT is? I do think the only thing that I really saw Sunday that I didn't like is that it Pal didn't shoot nearly enough. What did do we have an explanation for why Pal was the last guy off the bench, basically? So, I was wondering about that, too. Now, I paid closer attention than I did against UT Martin, but I wasn't paying, like, really close attention. And so, at, like, one point near halftime, I looked up the box score, and I saw that Powell didn't have a shot. And from what I remember, he didn't even take a shot till like, near the halfway mark of the second half. I don't necessarily remember, like, his shot attempts, but I just remember he didn't get in the game the first, like, 12 minutes of the game, basically. Like, he was, like, the, I want to say the ninth man. I want to say he was the fourth guy off the bench, and... I didn't know if maybe Barnes had said something or maybe one of the VolQuest or 247 guys had noted noted it without Barnes having to say it, but I assume maybe Powell is playing bad defense. I have not read anything, so I have no idea. Against UT Martin, so maybe Barnes was trying to send a message that, hey, you got to defend if you're going to play. I don't know, because to me, George, uh, you know, Justin Powell is one of our three best players. He scored 11 points in 17 minutes. It's a very casual, easy three for four. Yeah. He needs to play much, much more. He like Victor Bailey played twenty one minutes. Um, that's why I wondered if it was like a message being sent to Powell, like, "Hey, you got to play defense." Like that's the only thing that made sense to me because if Barnes, like, I'm going to give Barnes the benefit of the doubt this season until further proven. But like, I mean, it seems like he's trying to make some changes, shoot some, shoot some more threes, and you know, play a faster pace. Like, you also need to realize like Powell gives you more on offense than you're going to lose on defense. Yeah, like you know. There are games when Vescovi is just, he's streaky. He is very inconsistent. And when he's on, then it's beautiful to watch. But when he's off, I mean, like, Justin Powell needs to be taking those. Like, Vescovi's not some lockdown defender. I mean, Vescovi might do the, the little things more, you know, he might do the little things better, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Vescovi's not some lockdown defender. I mean... You know, like, Powell needs to be playing more than 17 minutes. And uh, Victor Bailey didn't even play bad against UTSU, but, like... I actually liked the Victor Bailey that was actually going to the rim. He looked a lot, he looked a lot more athletic than I thought he would, like, going to the rim and, you know, jumping and doing things besides just chucking up three-pointers. Yeah. Um, yeah, Powell just needs to play more. That was my only, like gripe about Sunday is that Powell didn't seem to be playing as much and against Villanova I would think you're going to need to score a lot of points so so far the basketball team looks good I'm excited I'm obviously more excited for the Villanova game than any of Tennessee's remaining football games even bowl game included I'm going to say right now the season I don't want to say feels over but it's pretty much over. South Alabama this week, and then Vandy. I mean, obviously, there's nothing going to be ex- to get excited about that. It does feel over. I mean, we talked about this the week of the Kentucky game. Like, that was the last game that, like, the outcome wasn't decided beforehand. And it sucks. The last stand, if you will. Like, yeah, like the... Like, the South Alabama game. Like, what time... What even... When is the game? It's like 6.30. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's 7.30. So that would put yeah six thirty Eastern. It's 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 a night game. 
who cares? It's going to be very cold. You know, I mean, like, who cares? Like, the Vandy game, the Vandy game is probably even worse than the South Alabama game. I haven't watched South Alabama any this year, so I don't really know what they're like. But, like, I've seen Vandy a little bit, enough to know that they are truly, truly, truly abysmal. So, like, who even cares? Like, it's over. The season is over. They're going to go 7-5. and five. And let's move on. The bowl game could get me back excited, at least, you know, for one last hurrah to say farewell to the team. That has been pretty fun. Exceeded our expectations for fun. I think we could all agree. Yes. They are not without fault. They are a little frustrating, but they were fun, and that's all you can ask for. Um, my favorite thing of this week regarding the football team was the release of the schedule difficulty. Yeah, I was shocked to see us number one. That was the number one in the country, right? Yeah. Is there anything that is just more on point to Tennessee's annual schedule than that? In a year where we thought, where we said repeatedly, this was the easiest schedule we've had in a long time, and it was, it still ended up being the most difficult in the nation. I think Luke told me that Georgia was like in the 40s, the most difficult schedule. Not that it matters, but... Well, we knew coming into the season that Georgia's schedule was laughable. We knew that they had to play Clemson, and that was pretty much it. Like, Clemson, Florida, and that was pretty much it. Like, their first true road game was last Saturday. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But, like, we knew that coming in, and, yeah, who knows if it would have mattered. But it is typical Tennessee, as people say, that the year we get Ole Miss, they are top ten in the country. And it's like, the, it's, you know, like all I've been able to think about is that next year we get LSU and, oh, they're going to have Lincoln Riley. Bruce Feldman has said they're not getting Lincoln Riley, just for the record. Good. They're not getting Mel Tucker. He's somehow getting 10 years, $95 million. $95 million! To which some people are saying that would make him the highest paid black coach in America. But then the numbers got reported that Mike Tomlin makes $11.5 million, So I don't think that's necessarily true. But either way. Tomlin makes $11.5 million? Yep, apparently, like, yeah, the NFL coaches, the top NFL coaches make more money than I thought. Belichick makes 18, which is wild, uh, but he deserves it, obviously. Uh, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton make 14, Andy Reid makes 12, I believe, and then Mike Tomlin makes 11.5. So I don't think Mel Tucker is going to make more money than him, but shout out to Mel Tucker for having one decent season at Colorado, one big season at Michigan State, and now getting the bag. And getting the bag the week before they're going to get slaughtered. Good timing, I think, because it's hard to give him that money after they get slaughtered. Although some people say we gave $95 million to this guy to lose by 30 points. They're like 20-point underdogs, right? 18 and a half, I believe. 18 and a half. Though. Yeah, so great timing. You know, Although, great timing. I will say for Brother Mel... He took over Michigan State when they were under some real turmoil. Like no, it was, it's not. No, it's not that. Like I think Mel Tucker's pretty good, and he seems like he would be an awesome guy to play for. I don't know if he's worth nine, uh, nine million dollars a year. Although this further is what we were saying during the coaching search that you know every coach worth his weight in salt is going to be making eight million dollars a year very very soon. Like we said, that yeah. Tennessee had the chance to be ahead of the curve to go out and pay big money for a coach. Who knows if they actually tried or not. But now you have the Mel Tucker of the world making $9 million, which means that everyone is going to get a couple million dollars raised. Like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, I don't know if you saw today, has been linked to Miami saying like he will take the Miami yeah. job. I don't know if that's a ploy to get a raise from Ole Miss. You would think he was already in line to get a raise from Ole Miss after you know being a top 10 team this year and probably taking them to the Sugar Bowl. But, like, if he goes to Miami or he gets a raise at Ole Miss, I would imagine he will be close to the $7 million range, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. And then we just continue to rise and rise and rise. And like I said, everyone will soon be making seven, eight million dollars very, very soon. What do you think of Lane Kiffin in Miami? Uh, I don't see him taking that job. I'm surprised everyone keeps saying that. Everyone keeps saying that you you don't leave Ole Miss for Miami. And that shocks me because it's Ole Miss, and I it's not about it's not even about Ole Miss or whatever. It just doesn't seem like I don't know. There's very few jobs I think he would leave for that aren't in the SEC. I think there's like a couple jobs that are not in the SEC that like stack up to it, like Florida State or Clemson. But 
I don't see him. He's been, he's an SEC guy. Like, yeah, the whole thing with USC happened, but like, he's always wanted to be in the SEC. I mean, that's fine. But if I'm him, I wanted to be in the SEC, not at Ole Miss. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I understand know. that. I understand that. But he, I'm sure he's also he's gonna. You know, I don't know. It depends on, but you know, I don't know. You know what their backup is like or whatever. If he thinks he should get out now because Corral's gonna leave, that could you know that obviously would play into it. I just I don't know. Maybe I mean I guess he could like. Also, apparently in the state of Mississippi, you can only have a four-year contract at any given time. So, like, I don't know how big his buyout actually is there. They have not fired Manny Diaz yet, correct? No, they haven't, but they fired their AD. So, like, everyone everyone is pretty much assuming that, 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 that Diaz is gone next. And, you know, maybe they go after Mario Cristobal. He's Cuban. He has ties to Florida, obviously. Like, he's going to have a lot of fans down there. So, I just... They, they keep saying Miami's got money to spend. They're actually going to take it seriously, and they, they realize they need to get their football program back. So That's something I'll have to see to believe. Well, then, yeah, paying $15 million to Oregon to get Manny Diaz out of there would be... He played at Miami. Yeah, no, I, mean, I was going to say, I mean, I know he's a Miami guy. And like I said, he coached at FIU, so, I mean, like, he, you know, obviously would have some ties down there or whatever. Not that it matters, the FIU stint, really, but, I mean, he's Cuban, and, you know, in Miami, that would be a big selling point. But, um... I don't know if I'm Cristobal, maybe not. But if I'm Kiffin, man, like, look at the coastal division. Who do you have to beat? Pat Narduzzi, yeah, old ass Mac Brown. Like, you should win the coastal every year. I, I would look at the coastal being shitty because Kenny Pickett's gone. So I'd imagine Pittsburgh's going back to being shitty. And I would look at like, hey, Florida State still kind of sucks. Hey, Miami, or excuse me, hey, Florida still kind of sucks. I think I could go down here and be the Florida school. I think it'd be appealing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I was shocked, like I said, that people kept acting like Ole Miss was a better situation for him than Miami. I don't think I don't think it is. Plus, I feel like I feel like he like really liked the beach whenever he was there at FAU. So I, he I, might. I, I mean, I'd, I'd want to get back to the beach if I was him. He definitely is not going to be somebody that is at Ole Miss a long time. I think. I mean, I would think now, like he's repaired his reputation enough to get somebody big to take a chance on him. For sure. He's going to take, he's going to take Ole Miss to the Sugar Bowl. For sure. And, yeah, I mean, that's basically equaling Hugh Freeze's best year and his yeah. basically his first real year of coaching, COVID excluded. Do you think there, it's possible that, like, LSU falls in his lap? Because we just said Mel Tucker guy's extension. Apparently Jimbo and Texas A&M are, have agreed to, like, Give him $100 million of upgrades and facilities. Lincoln Riley, apparently not going to leave Oklahoma for LSU. Well, I would just say Lincoln Riley, that is stupid. For sure, 100%. And who knows if it's true. Maybe maybe he actually does leave. I, I would leave if I'm him. I would leave as soon as I could for LSU if I was him. Oklahoma's coming to the SEC pretty soon anyways, bro. You might as well be in the SEC with the most loaded recruiting grounds you can have versus trying to do that at, at, at Oklahoma. Yeah, where there's no in-state talent. So I think that is uh, that is so dumb if, if, he's turned, if he's turning LSU down. If Lane Kiffin were to take the LSU job, it would, it would be a relief to me, I think, for one reason and one reason only. He's not going to be the next head coach at the University of Florida. Which, that is like the doomsday scenario for me. You're talking about Kiffin, right? Kiffin to Florida? Yeah, Kiffin. Yeah, like if, if, he, if Kiffin took the LSU job, that would be a relief to me. And obviously he's not leaving LSU for anything. Yes. Well, you, so, you wouldn't leave LSU for Florida, obviously. Like that would be like his final kind of resting point. So, you know, that would, because that's all I can think about when I think of Dan Mullen getting fired. Is Kiffin going there? That is all I can think about. Yeah, who else would they even, like, talk to? I have no idea. Like, it might be, like, surely, like, it wouldn't be time for, like, Urban Meyer to leave Jacksonville and come back, right? Like, when Urban Meyer leaves Jacksonville, like, you would think he'd just be done, right? Like, I'm done coaching. I think he would only go somewhere that's a totally new, like, he likes going places where it's, like, a, a new, like, it's a new challenge. Yeah, but at the same time, like, he might need to go somewhere where he's, like, loved. Yeah. He probably does need to feel some, you know, love. But who knows? Like, I don't know what the overlap there is between Jaguars and 
Gator fans, but I would think they would make that sacrifice and probably still like him. Like, he could repair the image with all Jaguar fans just by going back to Florida, you would think. Yeah, I think all 10 Jaguar fans would get over it really quickly. Sure. But I was asking about Kiffin. Like, do you think he thinks he could get the LSU job? Because they're getting down their lists. I, I, I think, would. like, their absolute floor for them is Dave Aranda. But I don't know if they view Kiffin as better or worse than him. Yeah. Who, who would you rather have if you're LSU? Kiffin I would rather have Dave? Kiffin in the SEC right now. Okay. I, I would be surprised if LSU – I know the whole Mel Tucker thing, but I was talking to my dad about this, like – the other night, because I was like, you know, if they hire Mel Tucker, and I was like, I, I'm not saying anything. I was like, you know, I think Mel Tucker is good, and he seems like he would be awesome to play for. But I was like, it would just be different because now you only hire offensive coaches, right? And and so, and I was like, LSU just won a national title on the back of one of the most explosive offenses we have ever seen. It would be weird to. I was like, I just don't see them. Going that route. Maybe they should, but I was like, Dad, I just don't see them going that route because everyone hires offensive coaches now, and they just won a national title with an offensive coach. I was like, Mel Tucker, to me, that would be surprising to me. Now, I think Mel Tucker's good. I, he, I mean, what you know, that's all, you know, based on all we've seen, he does seem good. I was surprised does- that that was like on their wish list, though. Like, I, I didn't understand the Mel Tucker thing. Like, he is a northerner guy I mean he played at Wisconsin like it wasn't like I mean I know he's been in the SEC but like it's not like he had any ties to LSU at least with Aranda like he was on that national championship staff he realizes like if I'm him I could be like yeah I realize we have to have a good offense I was here like I'll make sure I have good coordinators yeah why is Washington not just gonna hire Dave Aranda but that's what I understand like he is a Pacific Northwest guy if I'm him I don't think I'd leave Baylor for Washington honestly I think I would I think I'd just hold out for a better job. Maybe you're right, like, if it's just between those two, but I don't think I would, like... Like, Washington's a good job. Washington's a good job. It's a lot better than Baylor. I mean, that's fine, but, like, is it better than the next job after Baylor, I guess is what I'm asking. I don't know. I would just think... I, I don't know. I mean... Maybe maybe go to Washington. I, I just... Every coach has just gone there and kind of fallen apart for some reason, it feels like. I mean, I know Peterson had a couple good years, but then, you know, it ends poorly for him. They weren't great when he left. That just, to me, if I'm Washington, seems to make the most sense. I know they like the BYU guy. The BYU guy wins a lot of games. Oh, really? That's who, they're, that's who they like? Cause that's one of the top ones, yeah. It's like him, Aranda. That seems wild to me that he's, like, repaired his image that much because he was going to get fired the year we played them. Like that, He was on the hot seat in 2019. Yeah. So I'd be careful hiring him off of They're a- also looking at uh, Joe Moorhead, which is crazy to me. Okay. Where's he at now? Where's Moorhead at He's now? the offensive coordinator at Oregon. Okay, okay. I don't feel like Oregon's had a very good offense. I don't either. Their quarterback sucks. Now, what were you saying about Justin Wilcox? Sorry. He's on their radar as well. He, I think, I imagine he would do anything to get out of Cal Berkeley. Yep. Yep. He might even offer to just come be the defensive coordinator at Washington. So, you know, I saw Matt Campbell. I think Washington, somebody else was looking at Matt Campbell too. It might have been Washington. Um, Matt Campbell, I think, probably screwed up. Not by leaving. I think he'll still be able to get a really good job, but probably not as good as he could have gotten. Yeah, I would imagine he would like a do-over on that. Maybe he can still like convince an NFL team to give him a chance, but I don't know. I mean, they're what, 6-4, and four and they play Oklahoma this weekend, so they could go 7-5. and five. I mean, yuck. They started out ranked in the preseason top 10. Which is just hilarious looking back on it. And then got that ass beat by Iowa. But yeah, it was a uh, pretty bad preseason ranking. They are pretty bad. Sometimes in life, things happen. You're going to need a good insurance agent you can trust. You need to be protected. Do what I did. Call my friend John Runyon with Farm Bureau Insurance in Maryville. His number is 865-982-2559. He'll give you a quote. He won't push anything on you that you don't need. Tell him I sent you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you if you don't tell him I sent you just because John's a good dude and a good insurance agent. He can help you with all of your home, auto, renters, and life insurance needs. Farm Bureau is a 10-time-in-a-row winner of the J.D. Power Award for highest in customer satisfaction in the Southeast region. And they are the number one life insurance company in the state of Tennessee. Again, call my friend John Runyon, 865-982-2559. Farm Bureau Insurance in Maryville. 
Let's get to some Patreon questions. Wait, hold on. Let me try that again. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. Got a couple new people to shout out. Shout out to Joseph Bond. He upped his pledge from $2 to $5. Shout out to Brother Joseph. We love you and appreciate you. I believe he is our youngest patron. BJ City Mountain told him to come back when he turned 18. I believe he just turned 18. So uh, shout out to him, our youngest patron. The best thing is that he actually came back. He did. He'd been counting down the days. That was the best birthday gift he could have. Shout out to him and new $5 patron, Nathan Page. Shout out to Brother Nathan. We love you and appreciate you. Brother to Mitchell, who has been a longtime patron. So shout out to the Page family. Going a long way to feed your family, Seth. That's right. Let's get to some patron questions. What do you got for us? Brother DF, a.k.a. Dylan, rank the top five college football jobs. I don't want to give a full ranking, but I guess you can, Seth. You probably know a little bit more about it than I do. I mean, I feel like LSU should be in there. I feel like LSU might be the number one job in the country. I have LSU and Florida as my one and two. And, and like, like they're the two best jobs to me. I will say I would rather, I, again, I'll, I'll, I'll yield to your knowledge on this, but to me, my top two are LSU and Ohio State. Okay. Because, I mean, I, we've just seen so many coaches win at Ohio State, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. We've seen so many coaches win at LSU. Like, look at the look at the last three coaches at both schools, and then you combine that with. I mean, I know it's getting ready to change with Cincinnati, but neither one of those schools have a, another in-state school that's a Power Five school competing with them. Like, they both Cincinnati get, can do whatever they want; they'll never compete with Ohio State. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, but like they weren't even Power Five until you know. Like, I have Ohio State in my top five. Like, I would put Ohio State and Georgia as well in that top five. And this is not in any particular order. I think LSU is probably the best job too. I think I probably have LSU number one, too. If you can win a national championship with Ed Orgeron and Les Miles, you are the best job in the country, as far as I'm concerned. And after that, like, I don't know. Um, I mean, you could say Alabama and not really get an argument out of me. Um, I, the One thing about LSU that I like is that you don't have to win a national title every year. Think about how long Les Miles stayed there, and he sucked, and he was never fired for years and years. Well, I would ask what happened if he wouldn't have won a national championship early. Like, I don't know if he would have gotten time to suck and suck if he hadn't won one early. But he did. He did. So. No, he did. And, like, you know, usually that's the uh, that's the thing. Whenever you get there, LSU is very – you don't really have to rebuild LSU. Usually there's enough talent there. Yeah, I have Georgia in my top five. Stare. I think you have to. It's kind of the similar reasons. I know Georgia Tech is power five, but are they really? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, in the modern era, Georgia Tech reverted to a triple option system because they could not recruit, you know, because of the the, the academic restrictions. While being, you know, right there in Atlanta, where you should be able to recruit people. After they just got Calvin Johnson. They had Calvin Johnson running the triple option, I do believe. Um, after that, I, you know, like I said, you could say Alabama, you could, you know, I mean, say somebody else that I, I'm not like people, the people, the people that I really have a bone to pick with are the people that want to put Texas number one. No, that, Texas seems like the worst job. They're like, those are the people that annoy me. Those are the people that really annoy me. Oh, wow. So Texas has a lot of money. Who gives a shit? Everyone's got a lot of money. Yeah, I would rather have the athletes out of several states before I want the athletes out of Texas. I think Saturdays prove this when you watch LSU play, when you watch Georgia play, when you watch Florida play. I mean, when Clemson Florida's has all peak, obviously. Yeah, and like you know, and just the people that other. I mean, I would the, say, the guys from I would say the guys from Ohio are just as good as the guys from Texas. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, so that's the only one that like really grinds my gears when somebody says. Texas is up there because, like, if Texas was that good, Tom Herman would have been able to win big time. You or know, Troy Strong like, would have been able to win. Like, you, not only, like, the, the expectations for Texas, the boosters are obviously always meddling. The You do have someone big in your state to compete with with Texas A&M now. Like, Texas A&M out-recruits you. They're a better program. And they're, they're just as weird as you, except, like, somehow, like, I guess their boosters aren't as – Meddlesome. They just give money and stay out of the way, it seems like. I, so, no, I don't have Texas on mine either. It seems like unrealistic expectations, bad people to work for, bad fans to have. No thanks. That would be an interesting uh, 
investigation, comparing the boosters at Texas versus the boosters at A&M. I just never hear, I just never hear bad things about the boosters at A&M other than like just the weird scream leaders and shit. Yeah, why have they totally set out of Jimbo's way? Because Jimbo wasn't doing that well prior to this year. And Jimbo started out this year poorly. And it seemed like they gave Kevin Sumlin plenty of chances, too. They sure did. I mean, he went, what, 8-4, and 9-4, and four, like four straight years or some shit like that? So, I mean, I would like to know, you know, why exactly, well, the, the difference between the two. Yeah, he went 9-4, and 8-5, 8-5, 8-5, 7-5. So yeah, he went eight and five three straight years and didn't get fired. I mean, I would imagine it might have something to do with just A and M realizing they're a little brother, I guess, and like not having as crazy expectations as Texas, and maybe they like, you don't have that comparison game every year because they don't play anymore. Yeah, maybe that helps. I don't know, but Texas isn't in my top five. Would you have USC in there? No, not anymore. Okay, see, I, that's one I might still consider in the top five just because I think that like when I read stuff about how like. Football in the state of California, like, is like less and less people are playing it. So you mean just because of in-state recruiting is being hit? Uh, not just that, but like just the Pac-12 in general. And no, there's there's several other SEC jobs that I would place higher above it, as well as Ohio State. Okay. Um, you know, my like my picks are, are shaded by region. There's nothing really west. Of Louisiana. So, that, like, when Pete Carroll was there, you didn't think it was a top-five job? Oh, I did then. I did then. But, I mean, I think this list is also fluid to an extent. Yeah, it is. But I just wonder, like, if someone good was at USC, if we look at it differently. Yeah. Yeah, we would, I'm sure. Like, I mean, they, they, they let, they let what? Clay Helton have eight years there of being pretty shitty? I, I, we would for years? sure. We would for sure because 15 years ago, people wouldn't think that Alabama is as good of a job as it is. Right. And I think, I mean, USC doesn't have the history that Alabama does, but it's not far off. I mean, USC is one of the, you know, m- most proud historic franchises or programs. But imagine, like, today, as many people turning down the Alabama job has turned it down in the mid-2000s. I mean, Rich Rodriguez turned it down because his wife didn't like Tuscaloosa. Steve Spurrier turned out like they had to keep going back to seven. Like that would never in a million years happen now, ever. And but now you know it's realistic to see somebody like not take the Florida job. You know, like we were talking about, like who who would they even go after? Like we don't even know. If Lincoln Riley doesn't want the LSU job, he's not going to take the Florida job. Um, so I mean, the list is fluid. Some. I will say that if USC makes the right hire, that they can go back to being a top level job. But yeah, I agree. it does seem like they, they, it, my biggest issue with them is the state of California, just in general, like the Pac 12, like you said, but also like the city of LA. I think it's both good and bad that like there's not, not a lot of pressure there because you're not the only show in town. But at the same time, it feels like you have to have a pretty damn good product to like actually get the city to care about you. Whereas in most of these college towns, like you are the main show and people are going to live and die off the program. I feel, like that, I feel like USC doesn't really have that. Next question. Question from not Blue Moon Vol. Question for John and Seth. Can you answer Blue Moon's Vol question so he will quit complaining? Does he have a question? What is the question? We don't know the question. Probably something dumb as hell. Something about Jackie, the Colts. Did you watch Hard Knocks last night? No. Is Jonathan Taylor the best running back in the NFL now that Derrick Henry's hurt? And I would actually say yes, BMV. I do think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL now that Derrick Henry's hurt. I like Jonathan Taylor. I think he's really, really good. I think the dumbass Colts should probably give him the ball more. There you go, BMV. You got your question answered. Brother Jackie, a.k.a. the Law Dog. Ooh, ooh. Question for Seth. Name three current members of the Detroit Pistons. Cade Cunningham. I got three. I don't know. I don't know how many more I could get past this. I mean, I think I could get like five or six, but I'm lacking on my Detroit Pistons knowledge. Let's see. You got you got Cade Cunningham. Um. Is that it? Is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I have. I know they got Killian Hayes. Who? Killian Hayes. He's like a, I think a German or French guy. French guy, like from the draft a couple years ago. He's a young guard. 
he like went overseas to play, I think, or was playing the G League or some shit. I don't, I don't really know if, uh, what his deal is. I know, I know the draft nerds loved him last year or two years ago. Um, I know brother Kelly Olnick's there. Okay. And uh, Jeremy Grant is really good. From Syracuse. Uh, Didn't he play at Syracuse? There was a Grant brother at Syracuse. Is he the one from Syracuse? The big tall one. Played in Denver. Was he? Is that him? He uh, he played at Syracuse, yeah. Okay. He averages 18 points a game. and He left Denver because he's like, nah, I need more shots. So he went to a team that he just gets to basically be the main offensive guy. Uh, Cedric Bay. Or uh, I don't really I don't really know much about him. He's a shooter. I know he's on there. Uh, he played at Villanova, apparently. Corey Joseph is on this team. Oh wow! Okay. Trey Lyles, I think he played at Kentucky. Maybe. Yep. He did. People thought he was going to be good. He is not good. Um, some dude named Isaiah Stewart. Okay. Oh, he's the dude from Washington that we beat down. Yep. Good for him. Good. Glad to see him in the league. Hamadi Hamadou Diallo. Okay. He apparently also played at Kentucky. Who knew? Uh, Luca Garza. I'm gonna guess Luca Garza is in the G League though. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I don't, I haven't recalled seeing him out there, but I haven't watched. He's him. played seven games and averages ten minutes a game so uh, far this year. That's pretty good. Good for him. All right, there's your Detroit Pistons lineup. Detroit basketball. It would suck to be the Pistons, right? You've won, you've won three titles in two different eras. Like you are relevant in NBA history. You're one of the most relevant teams in NBA history. Like I said, you've won three titles in like you in not just in one era. You did it 15 years later. Yet or I guess it'd be 25 years later, right? No, 1990, 2005, that's 15. 15 years later. But you've been pretty pretty shitty basically since the Malice in the Palace. I mean, I know you won a championship, you know, but like for the last what, 15 years, you've been pretty relevant. Ever since the Spurs beat you in Game 7, you've been pretty irrelevant. And that was in what, 2005? That's it. That sounds right. That's it. Has, um, that sounds right. You don't fucking know. I don't care about the Detroit Pistons. Well, like, I don't say, know it. You don't, don't has Cade Cunningham hit a three yet? I do believe Brother Cade has finally hit a three. So is he not any good or what? No, no, he was just hurt. And I think, I mean, he just got on a bad slump to start. He's, he's, he's still going to be good. He's not going to be as good as Evan Mobley, though. I'll tell you that much. I saw he got hurt. They fucked up that draft in Evan Mobley. That guy's a stud. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I get it because Cade's a little bit bigger. Who does Evan Mobley play for? Uh, the Cavs. He was the number three pick to the Cavs. He's been pretty good for them. I, I get it because Cade's a little bit bigger and Jalen Green's athletic. But, man, if I could get, like, a six foot ten guy that can move around like Mobley can and can shoot like him – that seems like, you know, just too rare to pass up. And You would think Kevin Durant would have, like, changed, you know. Yeah, like, or even, like, Chris Bosh, man. Like, Chris Bosh was, like, a top 10 player for a while. Like, I mean, he's – everyone kept calling him Chris Bosh 2.0. Like, you would think you'd be like, okay, we can find a point guard somewhere else. We can, we can, we, we drafted one the year before in Killian Hayes. Like, we, you would think we could find someone closer to what K can do versus what Mobley can do at his peak. But I digress. That's enough Detroit basketball talk. Brother Mike Palmer, a.k.a. friend of the podcast, canned cranberry sauce or fresh? No cranberry sauce for your boy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you agree. I'm not a big cranberry sauce guy. I honestly figured you to like every traditional Thanksgiving food. No, I don't. We never really had it growing up either, so I guess my parents didn't really like it. Um, Okay. It's just not my big thing. I, I do think Thanksgiving is like the only time I will willingly eat sweet potatoes. The okay. people that pretend that sweet potatoes are as good as normal potatoes. I don't get it. I don't get it. Are, I, I they're they're lying. They like are them. lying. It is It is a facade. It is an act. It is an act. I don't even like regular potatoes that much. They're fine. Okay? Potatoes are fine. If you, you know, they it's sustenance and it will keep you living, but potatoes are fine. Like, I, I would rather have, you know, I don't want a baked potato willingly all that often. They're fine, but, like, they're better than sweet potatoes. That's for sure. Nobody really likes sweet potatoes. They're lying, John. They're making it up. It's an op? Sweet potatoes? Yes, it's an op! Has, has, has came together to try to fool us all? Like, nobody willingly thinks to themselves, you know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight? I'm going to bake a sweet potato. No, the hell you're not. This is a lie you're telling yourself. We tell ourselves lies every day. 
And that's one of them for some people. I mean, it's it's more harmless than a lot of lies some people tell themselves. But it's a lie nonetheless. Okay. Brother Positive Content Parker. Bottom three Thanksgiving dishes. Cranberry sauce, <laughs> sweet potatoes, and pumpkin pie. There you go. Pumpkin pie sucks too. It is terrible. I don't really like any Thanksgiving food, to be honest. I like rolls, mac and cheese, ham and turkey. That's what I like. And then they'll throw some green bean, or not green bean, uh, uh, my, somebody in my family makes good broccoli casserole. I like eating it, and that's pretty much what I eat for Thanksgiving. If there's some cream corn, sure, I'll put some cream corn on there. But I, I don't. There's the stuffing, the dressing, not for me. The cranberry sauce, the pot, nope, not for me. I want the rolls, the meat, and some mac and cheese. I like what I like. I feel like that's what the pilgrims and the original settlers would have wanted. I mean, I think they probably ate whatever they had. That's what I'm saying. Well, and they probably wasn't doing sweet potatoes. Maybe it was. I don't know. It's probably just like actual potato. They probably just ate potatoes and like shucks of corn. That's probably all they had. And hopefully, somebody had killed a deer recently. Just ate like grain. Just like ate raw grain. <laughs> Even they would turn down sweet potatoes. They'd be like, no, no thanks. <laughs> Squanto probably was like, no, we don't eat sweet potato. Because Squanto had a brain. Uh, do you ever, you ever seen the meme about somebody with like one like Dorito chip? Like if you give it to like somebody from like the, the Dark Ages, what they would think? Just like how much spices are on it and how much taste. Can, can you imagine? Like, it's one of those cool ranch Doritos with all the damn uh, spices on it. They would probably have diarrhea for like a week straight. <laughs> Squanto definitely didn't like sweet potatoes. No chance. Brother Jonas, what realistic bowl game slash opponent are you hoping for? Is it still realistic to play Clemson in the Mayo Bowl? Or is it I have like no idea. I have not read a, I don't I don't think I've read a single bowl projection this this fall. Well, some good people in the Discord, including Brother Troy, post the Bowl projections in the football thread, so I see them every now and then. And I want to say it feels like the Duke Mayo was all like NC State. Yeah, Clemson's kept winning, so aren't they going to be above that bowl? You would think so. You would think so. They play uh, a pretty decent. They play Wake Forest this week, though. So like, that's right. That's right. And they're favored. That which is they were favored. I don't know if they still are. I believe they are favored by three and a half. Which it's at Clemson, Wake Forest. Could, I think Wake Forest is going to score too many points. So it feels. It's going to sound wild to say, but it feels a lot like Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah. And, like, we saw that we won that game, so I would imagine that Wake Forest is just going to score more points than Clemson can. I mean, Hartman's thrown for almost double the amount of yards is ukulele. I don't think he's playing anymore, is he? I thought he got benched. Did they bring him back? Did he just get benched that one game against whoever it was? He played against Louisville. He he won the game. At the, he won the, at the very end. He ran for a touchdown against Louisville. Okay. I guess he's back. I thought he got benched against Pittsburgh and didn't come back, but I didn't. I haven't bothered to check in on them. I think he did. He did get benched one of those games. You're right. Okay, but I guess they gave him his job back. I. How would you feel about playing Iowa? I don't really know. I mean, like I thought Penn State was pretty stout, and I know that Penn State didn't have their quarterback against that game, but obviously Penn State's not that good, really. I, I You know, is, is Iowa State any good? Iowa beat them, too. I mean, I, I don't know if Iowa's really that good. I mean, didn't Wisconsin beat them pretty easily? Yeah, but Wisconsin's playing really, really good right yeah, now. Their defense Wisconsin's, yeah, Wisconsin's defense is really good. And um, I watched a lot of that game. Iowa was just doing dumb shit, which, you know, I don't know if that would translate or not. I think Iowa's solid. I think that would be a good win, and obviously they're a big, slow Big Ten team. I just didn't know if that was good enough. Like I don't really want to play Minnesota. I'd rather play I'd rather play a defensive team than a team that's just trying to score a bunch of points. Like I don't want to play just like a shootout that you might lose. I'd rather play like a style of like a style clash. Yeah, I really don't want to play Clemson anymore. Oh, you don't? Okay. No more no, Clemson. No. I don't really want to, no. I just think that would be the biggest reward. I do too. But it would be sweet to beat Clemson, but I don't really want to play them now. Okay. I don't really know. I, I don't know if who Tennessee should play. I don't think beating Texas does anything for us. Which hell, he might not even make a bowl game. We got went out to That's, make a bowl game. Tennessee t- playing Texas is boring to me. For like honestly, p- playing Iowa is more exciting. 
um, than playing Texas. I guess is there a scenario where we could play Penn State maybe if they lose? That would be cool. That would be cool. Okay. They're six and four, right? I mean, it feels attainable, right? Like they would. They, they uh, that that feels like attainable for sure. I think I'd want to play Penn State. Is Music City Bowl still SEC Big Ten? I believe. So. I assume so. I don't think it's. Is it still called? The, oh, yeah, it's called the Music City Bowl, but it's not like the Mortgage Investors or whatever. They got a new sponsor. Okay. Either way. Oh. Penn State. Give me Penn State. Brother Troy, the aforementioned Troy. What has impressed you most about the basketball team so far? I will just say Candy Chandler. Yeah, same. Don't expect me to split the atom here, Troy, but it's Kennedy Chandler. We do love Brother Troy, but that's a pretty easy question, Troy. I mean, Jesus. What's your answer? Yeah, Troy, what's your answer? Justin yeah. Powell. I do love Justin Powell. I mean, like the, the three-pointers, like I am impressed. Again, we've talked about it that it seems like through two games it, it's going to be a real thing that we're just going to actually stick with playing faster and shooting more threes. Well, welcome to 2021, Rick Barnes. I need to see it in a game where it's close and it ain't going well, though. Right. I want to see it against uh, Villanova this weekend. Like, are we good? I mean, even them, like, they're going to probably make us play that way anyway. So, like, maybe that's not it. But maybe Purdue would be a better test. But I just how, – how many misses do we have to have in a row before they call an ISO post-up for John Fulkerson? <laughs> yeah. No disrespect to John Fulkerson, but that, – that, that doesn't even – what – what would bother me more is like the, like the shot from the elbow. Oh yeah, just getting in the mid range. That's gonna drive me crazier than like a shot from the block, with with Fulkerson or Kamwa. Kamwa's good now. Everyone who hates Kamwa can eat shit. Kamwa is good now. He looks good. He looks very very good. We have I don't know it, how we have memed it into existence, much like with Big Said Tillman. Please note that we were the biggest Sed Tillman fans before Sed Tillman even had fans, and then my man went and put 200 yards up on Georgia. How about that? Seth? Nobody can nobody can guard him. How about Big Sed going from a punchline that people thought we were joking about? Oh, look at him; he's a good blocker. To now look at him: ten catches, 200 yards, on the best defense in the country. Nobody can guard him. Nobody's been able to guard him. He even made the pharmacist look good on that deep pass. That's how good Sed Tillman is. He nobody can guard him. They haven't been able to all year. Didn't he have like 160 yards against Alabama too? So he's got like 360 yards against those two defenses? He has a legitimate chance to get a 1,000-yard receiving season. He's got like 760 yards right now, I think. What a stud. And now Kumwa is the basketball version of him. You saw it. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but I saw it whenever he was playing with his national team. Like, this guy looks different. Whenever they're trying to qualify for the Olympics. I'm like, this guy looks different. He gets here. Game one, still missing his little layups, whatever. Ends with 11 and 14. But even then, you saw the drive to the rim and smash all over somebody. And then game two, he's out there just stroking threes, contested. Off the he's dribble. He's on the floor a little bit, yeah. He looks like Jason Tatum out there in game two. From three-point range, at least. Off those three-point contestants. I think he is a solid basketball player. So, maybe that's my actual answer. Troy is, I'm pleasantly surprised by my man Olivier. Who is going to be a perfect small ball five? Uh, get get focused off the court. Let's play Olivier at five and let's ride. Brother Richmond, do you expect the Titans to go fifteen and two? How about my Titans, Seth? My goodness, they're good. Are you? Who they have this week? Are you prepared for Buffalo to have to come to Music City? It feels like they do every year. So it hasn't gone well that, for them so far. Zero oh and two. No. Well, the last it game. happens in the NFL. As I say, this is they've done it three years in a row, right? The yeah, first year they won. Yeah, they did. That was like, pretty much what it got was they, they, Mariota bench, pretty much. They won, and you know what happened? Though? You know what else happened that day? Brother Will Warren, aka wife, was with guy friends, got married. Oh, was that was that that same day? It was that that same day. It was that same day because we were watching the game before we left to go to the wedding. Okay. So, well, happy anniversary, if ever the if if the Bills and Titans play again. Titans, I don't expect them to go 15-2, and two, Brother Richmond. They will probably be resting the last two weeks. They'll probably have the one seed wrapped up by then. So, who knows? Maybe somebody will beat our, our bench players. We play the Texans this week. We ain't losing to the Texans. We'll be 9-2. and two. We'll be headed to New England. Apparently, we're three-point underdogs in New England, which is laughable. We'll win that game. We'll catch a bye week, and then I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the next ten to be us. I mean, realistically, I could see us losing to the Patriots, but the fact that we're going to be underdogs and probably getting disrespected might motivate the boys. Queen Diana Rossini said, Derek Henry, they're expecting him back at the beginning of January, Seth. I got chills thinking about him running out of the tunnel as we chant in the stands, Henry, Henry, Henry. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. This so the Patriots, good. Like, their they're leading receiver some dude named Kendrick Bourne, who I don't think I've ever heard of. They got him. They signed him from uh, the 49ers. They gave him an, they gave him an ultimatum. They said, do you want to come here and play? If you don't, I'm going to kill you. And they called it the Bourne Ultimatum. There you go. Mac Jones has looked okay. They've been protecting him. I'm not buying it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons beat them tonight, honestly. It's in Atlanta, right? It is in Atlanta. It's a short week for a rookie quarterback. I'm surprised the Patriots are seven-point favorites or six-and-a-half-point favorites. I, 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 like, I like the Falcons to keep it close tonight. Maybe that's going to look dumb in the morning when people listen to this, but that's what I think. The Titans will not be going 15-2, and two, though. They'll probably go, if I had to bet, I would say, I think we'll lose at least two more games, 13-4, and four, but we'll have the one seed anyways. And the AFC will run through Nashville. Any other questions, Seth? We're getting close up to an hour. No, I, I got to get out of here. Love you, brother. I love you too, buddy. See ya. Bye-bye. Screaming gang, gang, gang. The folks come and get you, you gon' tell on the whole gang. gang. She said, Can she fuck me with my diamond chain? If I ain't in the bank, then I'm on the plane. Hey. About to go get some money or go spend some money. They stopped me in the airport, had too many binges on me. They don't want you to live. They don't want you to bow. Them pussy smile in your face. Yeah, then they pray for you to fall. Hey, young nigga, stay focused. But I really want to crash Think about where you at Then think about your past Yeah, I really came from shit But I won't change for shit My bitch say I'm stuck in my ways My wrist say I have been getting paid A hundred shots A hundred shots Me and my nigga pull up in a hundred drops My role model used to get a hundred blocks Street niggas in a tuxedo We the mob she looked at my watch too long, now she see stars I got so high last night, I did a show on Mars Yo bitch ate my dick, I caught her on them bars My pinky ring, extra large Phones all in the garage Remember my first Menard? Yeah, toy and Britney I'm shopping for diamonds at Tiffany's Nah, I don't got no sympathy She blew my whistle like a referee Broke black nigga, remember me? Until I found out that recipe Started getting about 10 a week Finger on the trigger when I sleep. Yeah, nigga, I'd rather you than me. Backseat smoking good weed. A hundred shots. A hundred shots. How the fuck you miss a whole hundred shots? You're not welcome at my trap if you don't shot. Get out, bro. Before you come through that back door, you better knock. They've been waiting on this gangster shit to drop. Even them fuck niggas that wish I could be stopped. How many dicks you suck to get? Get out your feelings Your bitch got me sexual healing Guess who just walked in the building 
Came out with six bitches. What? My uncle said that's pimpin'. My diamonds always hitting. Uh. You looking for your bitch? She with me, nigga. She ain't missing. I told you, fuck niggas, stay out my way, but you didn't listen. Stupid ass yeah. niggas. Big rock. In my watch. In my watch. And we put extensions in all of the clock. A hundred shots. hundred shots. A hundred shots. How the fuck you miss a whole hundred yeah. shots? Hey!